Uh, it is 12 o'clock a.m. on the dot. Uh, welcome. I'm Danielle McCartan. McCartan at midnight here on the fan in New York City following a very tough New York Yankee loss to the Boston Red Sox in 11 innings. The Red Sox topped the Yankees 5-4, to four, as you know. I'm sure we're going to talk about that in a second. We'll talk all things New York sports as well. Mets, Donovan Mitchell potentially. I'm on till 2, so so it's only two hours. Let's make it work tonight, whatever you're doing at the moment. I appreciate you tuning into the show right now and throughout the rest of the night. And, of course, we're here in the Big Apple, and we have moved over to the Carton and Roberts studio. Brian McKeon's behind the glass taking your calls. We're coming to you live in lower Manhattan. You know, th- this new format's working pretty well, so we are going to take calls right here in this first segment Oh, man, and if this works out tonight, I do have two tickets to the 42nd National Sports uh, Collectors Convention. But we we shall see. The Yankees, they squandered multiple opportunities late in the game to the Boston Red Sox. Multiple. And it's not like they didn't have any chances. And the biggest thing I'll point to is the fact that the Yankees were two for 15, two for 15 with runners in scoring position. Unfortunately, you can't win games like that. And, you know, you look at all the guys that had chances and, and all that, right? But I, I have to say that if the Yankees had, oh, I don't know, a guy like, let's just say, Andrew Benintendi up on their roster. I have a feeling that maybe, potentially, this game could have ended differently. Because what this game exposed was how the Yankees fare against, quote-unquote, good pitching. Evaldi's a good pitcher. And so, I thought I heard something in the speaker here. I don't know what that noise is. But um, what I find ridiculous is the fact that the Yankees' pursuit of Andrew Benintendi, who could have been a difference maker in this game, as could any of the Yankees have been. Judge, Rizzo, Stanton, any, I mean, pretty much all of them got up to bat with the game on the line. But I like what I saw from Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, the bunt. I, he put a little too much on the bunt. He didn't catch it enough with the bat. However, as Paul O'Neill was saying during the broadcast, you put a little, um, I don't know, pressure on the defense in order to have to make a play. And that's, in fact, exactly what they did. Pitcher overthrows the runner running to third, and the Yankees are in business. Freak play. uh, Trevino can't corral a ball in the dirt. Freak play happens. They score. But it's not like the Yankees didn't have opportunity in this game. And the fact that the Yankees' pursuit of Andrew Benintendi grinded to a halt due to his vaccination status? I mean, I think that's just absolutely ridiculous. You mean to tell me that an unvaccinated Benintendi is no Benintendi? You mean to tell me that Tyler Wade, well, maybe Tyler Wade could have made a difference in this game. He's the answer. And, and, and let's just say this right from the jump as well. As it was on my show, throughout and and after the pandemic. This is not a political show, this is not a medical show, and this is not a scientific show. Like all of the athletes, and even the big pin in the you-know-what in Brooklyn, 
His body is choice, his prerogative. But the bigger point here being that are the almighty New York Yankees, the New York Yankees with still the best record in baseball for most, if not all, of this 2022 season so far, are they really that afraid of the Toronto Blue Jays? Should you add their Boston Red Sox to that list? The same Toronto Blue Jays that, that they are 14 and a half games back on the New York Yankees? The same Toronto Blue Jays that fired their well-respected baseball lifer manager? The same Toronto Blue Jays that even with this young core players continuously underwhelms and perennially does not meet expectations placed on them before every season starts. And this is what's carrying the Yankees from targeting the clear-cut clear cut best outfielder for their situation. And even if you are buying into the rhetoric that the AL East is truly a competitive division, which it is, as you saw just earlier tonight, about, I don't know, an hour ago, I mean, it's the only division in baseball that has all of its teams at 500 or better. Yeah, even the Baltimore Orioles, who are just happy to be nominated. But the fact of the matter is that this is the Yankees' third straight loss to the Boston Red Sox. And now they come into the fold. The New York Yankees have seven regular season games against the Blue Jays remaining, four of them in New York. And if you use a calculator to figure out the remaining portion that are actually in Toronto... I'll tell you that Ben Intendi, should he still be unvaccinated, would have missed only three games in Toronto, September 26, 27, and 28. Three of the last 10 games of the season, you know, when teams in the Yankees' position are already resting the starters, the everyday players for the World Series run. And I cannot sit here and believe and accept that in 2022, a player's vaccination status has any bearing on his professional opinions or professional options. But here we are. Then I started thinking, maybe the Yankees have already kicked the tires on Ben Intendi and found the asking price to be too high. I mean, everybody knows what the Yankees need. It's timely hitting in, in high-leverage situations. It's, it was on display full frontal tonight. But maybe, maybe, like a good politician, the Yankees are just saying that to bring down Ben Intendi's asking price. You know, the Royals know that the Yankees need an outfielder, so maybe their asking price started and ended with with Volpe, which immediately is a no-go. Volpe and Dominguez are absolute non-starters for me, if I were the GM of the Yankees. But the Yankees need to bring in a guy that can get it done in clutch situations. And they've got Andrew Benintendi on the hook with with 32.4% of his outs are productive outs. He's not grounding into bang-bang, game-ending double plays, which happen... Uh, you know, inning ending at least, in extras and late in the game, which happened earlier tonight. I'm telling you, this is the answer. And I, and I started thinking of, of, like, buying a house. Say you go in, you see it, you love it, but you want to see how far that you can drive down the asking price. So you start pointing out that the roof might need to be replaced. Uh, maybe that the hot water heater is kind of old and the kitchen cabinets aren't a redo. They're actually a replace kind of job. So maybe that's what Cashman is doing. Maybe because they love Benintendi, but hey, he's unvaccinated, so that might not fit. Maybe that's a tactic to drive down the price on him, who would be a rental player for this season. I mean, as, as, as the notification comes on my watch here, Clayton Kershaw has not allowed a base runner through seven innings versus the Angels. I mean, if it's not the Mets in the World Series, it's going to be the Dodgers. And the Yankees can't seem to, to get it together against good pitching. 
Evaldi, uh, you know, any of the guys. I mean, just they just got no hit, combined no hit by the Astros. You got to get through the Red Sox. You got to get through the Astros before you go ahead and get to the Dodgers or potentially even the two-headed monster of, of DeGrom and Scherzer in a potential World Series. So the Yankees, I think, tonight in this Boston Red Sox game, they're not, they're, their weaknesses, I guess, were on full display. They can't seem to get a hit in a clutch situation with runners in scoring position. I mean, like I said, they basically all had a chance to get it done. I mean, Tanner Houck blew a save for the first time in seven chances. Okay, that was in the ninth. Glaber Torres reached on an infield hit. Matt Carpenter was hit by a pitch. And then Houck threw past third on that kind of left foot bunt. Torres scored. The Yankees were in the driver's seat. Until they weren't. Trevino bounced into a 5-2-3 double play. LeMahieu grounded out. Inning over. Done deal. I mean, come on. How do you... How, a, 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 what was it? A 5-2-3 double play? Come on, man. Can't happen. That just can't happen. So let, let's uh, let, let's go to your calls, Yankee fans. 877-337-6666. Brian's behind the glass taking those calls. Let's go first to the leadoff, the first caller of the night, Robbie and Lennox. You're up on the fan. Go ahead. Hey, what's going on, Danielle? Well, I, I think this might be a, a, a rough goal tonight here, Robbie. Yeah, I know. Forgive me. Forgive me for uh, the, I didn't think I was coming on first, so forgive me for being on the speaker. There you go. Sorry you about go. that. Hey, how are you? It's been a while. Um, a couple of things. You know, I, it's hard to get on a team of 62 and 28, and all teams are going to have their slumps and so forth. But I texted you before about the fact that this team still bothers me when it comes to situational hitting. Mm-hmm. And I'll give you a couple of examples that bother me, okay? And just... You know, I, I, people can you know can get on me about it, but I really think sometimes this team has some problems with situations. Now, um, let's go to obviously the fact that they were what two for fifteen with runners in scoring position tonight. Two for fifteen. Okay, which is putrid. Okay, all right. Now the averages are a big concern for me, and I know people are going to say, "Well, average doesn't matter," but they're, they're definitely a concern for me through the season. I mean, I mean, Stanton, as good as he's been, he has three-run home run tonight. It was still two thirty-one. And I heard your monologue, or it was actually it was Krista's monologue the other night about Stanton. Um, the thing for me is that let's go to like the, the tenth inning. All right, they got a chance to win in the tenth. To me, Aaron Jid has got to get that ball to the right side. I don't care. You know, you're right now you're in a slump. So your job right now is to get that ghost runner to third base if mm-hmm. you can. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't do the job. They have the bases loaded, and Glaber comes up. Glaber can't swing 2 and 0. Why you swing 2 and 0? Yeah, that's a, the other a walk thing. as good as yep. a run. And then the walk wins the game. You don't have to swing there. Yep. Take the pitch. The guy's outside with two consecutive bad Yeah, make him throw you a strike before you're swinging exactly. at it. Yeah, absolutely, a hundred percent correct. And uh, anyway, I'll get your thoughts as always, and uh, continued success, Daniel. That was pretty much what I wanted to say about the Yankees. But otherwise, it's been a wonderful season. The other thing too is why is Chapman in the seventh inning? Boone has got to stop this. He takes Nestor Cortez after eighty-five pitches the other night, and tonight Monty's like nine or ninety-seven. If you're gonna take him out, let Michael King pitch the seventh and eighth inning, and then close with Clay. Why is Chapman pitching? So Chapman I, is not good anymore. So Did people realize that. I know, hey, Robbie. Here's the thing. So I was yeah, listening. Yeah, of course. Good call there, Robbie. Uh, I I was listening on the way in to to Susan, and when the Yankees had Chapman up and warming in the bullpen, she made a great point. It was, I think, what, the seventh inning or so? 
I think it was. I was driving. It was hard to, to keep track of it all, but, you know, and with all the idiots on the road and everything. But uh, um, whatever inning it was, I think it was the seventh. Um, he came in to face the, uh, what was it, seven, eight, nine. I'm getting some feedback. Brian, I'm. Yeah, I'm just, I don't know. I'm getting just getting some feedback here. Um, but he came in to pitch, and it's making me lose my train of thought. Sorry about that. But he, he's, he's pitching in, in the seventh inning against, you know, uh, seven, eight, nine of the order. It's, it's a high-leverage situation because it's a tie game, yet it's sort of a low-leverage situation because he's facing the bottom third of the order, which you would think that a guy of his, you know, caliber could get through. And, and, and unfortunately, he couldn't. So this this Aroldis Chapman experiment. I mean, I don't I I don't know what more the Yankees could do with him. Uh, and you can't blame it on him tonight completely and utterly, because the, the Yankees had multiple breakdowns at many different levels. But to put him in in that spot, I, I think that was the best spot that he could have been put in in this game, if they were going to use it. It's, it sounded like they were dead set on using him. Luckily, the guys in his, his last year of his deal. $18 million he's getting this year. He's a UFA next year. But, you know, you put him in a position where you think you're building towards something and then you're, it blows up in your face. You're not. Clearly, you're not building towards something. Kenny in Queens, you're up next on the fan. Hey, all right. Uh, just want to talk about Kyron uh, You know, he's a good, uh, good base runner. I feel that guys, you know, were tied, tied the league for errors. And that's, I think, the way they're going to look for. Maybe Kyle Farmer for the Reds. And uh, Ben Attendee, uh, I think they're afraid of playing the Blue Jays in the, you know, the, whenever they play in the first or the second round, I guess you would say. Yeah. And they don't want to go three games in Toronto without a guy like him where there's other options. Maybe not as, as good, but, you know, David Peralta from Arizona – at least you know you get him for two more years at $8 million, which is a steal. You know, you have some pop when you play center field, can judge a little uh, little, little body break so you can stay in right field. But, Kenny, the Yankees are not going to upgrade at shortstop. We had this discussion the other day. They're not going to do it. They, they, they like uh, Kiner Falefa. He's under team control as well. The position you're upgrading is left field. That is the position. And... Unfortunately, it seems that the Yankees seem to be real, real scared of, of the Toronto Blue Jays for some reason. Real scared of of, of the Toronto Blue Jays, and, and I just don't understand. I yeah, just, well, they they get they, you know, Manoa owns them, and uh, they're they're a scary team offensively. So uh, I get why they are, and you don't want to go there with a guy that can't that can't play at all. So, and you, you're not going to give up. I know they they definitely want Sears back in the deal, and you, everyone you got to know that that's going to happen. But yeah, but he should be pitching every day instead of Chapman. And it's, it's they keep optioning down. The guy performs. He performs every time he goes out there, starter, reliever, whatever they ask him to do, and he's just sitting there. And you know, Chapman just keeps coming in and keeps walking and giving up home runs every time he comes in, and it's it's, it's terrible to see. To be honest. But, I get he's an expiring contract, and but it's at the end of the day, it's like how much can you take of Chapman doing this and Kyle Falefa just can't field. Yeah, he makes some great plays 
very often, but he botches a lot of just routine ground balls and and Trevino Brown did they'll play. Yeah, it sucked, but guess what? He's come through more than any catcher we had since what well, Posada and it's 2009, so so Kenny, so Kenny, what's going on here is, is just a comedy of errors for the Yankees tonight. Uh, you know, a, a bounced pitch in the dirt gets away from Trevino. That's ultimately how the Red Sox won the game, right? You've got a, a Chapman coming in and blowing it again. You've got inning-ending double plays, which don't make any sense. And the Yankees, of course, leave uh, they're two for 15 with runners in scoring position. Is that not just a microcosm of what's going on with this team? This particular season, I mean. So you mentioned JP Sears. You know the question is with Severino on the 15-day IL, is the biggest need then? Do you shift the focus? For, and Castro, he's getting an MRI, looking at a, a barking, quote-unquote, barking shoulder. So you know, is the biggest need for the Yankees at the deadline a pitcher? Now, is it a starter? Is it a reliever? And 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 if so, if it's a starter. I want to know, how did Luis Castillo look at the stadium to you? So, I'm Daniel McCartan. Give me a call at 877-337-6666. He's Brian McKeon behind the glass. We'll talk about that next here on The Fan. Welcome back to McCartan After Midnight here on The Fan in New York City as the New York Yankees drop one, drop a heartbreaker to the Boston Red Sox in 11 innings. Red Sox 5, Yankees 4. And it just so happens to seem like the, the all-star break is coming at... The exact right time for this New York Yankees team. You got Aaron Aaron Boone getting all kinds of riled up, thrown out for arguing balls and strikes. Uh, that low strike on, uh, on 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 Judge. There was one on Carpenter. A lot of questionable calls tonight. He 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 was very, uh, I guess, frustrated. A little bit testy. Uh, Boone was in in the post game. Basically saying that he doesn't have an explanation as to why this keeps happening. Uh, I think Michael Kay had said in the in the broadcast that since 2000, uh, 2017, there wasn't any or there isn't any other player in the league that has gotten more ridiculous low strike calls than Aaron Judge has. And I got a tweet from uh, uh, at Pure in Paran or something like that, and he said. Coach McCartan, by the way, at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook.com slash Coach McCartan. But he said, or she said, I can't tell because it's a picture of just a, a scenery. Uh, but this person said, great show so far. Oh, the Yankees always have excuses, though. Here's a sports drink for Boone and a couple bottle emojis, like a baby bottle. <laughs> and then he, this person wrote, let's go Mets. Well, there's one take on it. But I, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know. If that's that's a bad criticism of it because I think I mean I watched the game too. How many times can you watch the same thing happen? You take the bat right out of Aaron Judge's hands essentially. Then okay, he's up at the plate right as a hitter. You're like okay, you know here's the here's this umpire here's the strike zone. I'm familiar with it. And then you get a call like that and you're like, well wait a second. Now do I have to expand my strike zone with two strikes? You know, these Yankees, they're savages in the box, right? So so what do you do as a hitter? You get confused is what happens. You start swinging at pitches that you're not sure about. You start rolling them over to the left side of the field. And it's not a good situation for the hitter. So uh, on a night like tonight, absolutely robot umpires. I mean, there's no question about that. Yeah, you know, the, you know there's a human element to the game, etc., whatever. 
I'm done seeing it. I'm just done. And this is not a new take based on tonight. This is not an overreaction based on tonight. It needs to happen. It, and it needs to happen now. I can't take the, oh, it's just the, uh, you know, you know, it's, it's part of the game. No, it's not. It's not when it keeps happening and happening and you say something to the league and it still continues to happen. And Boone said he'd rather, uh, I mean, Judge said he'd rather Boone get thrown out than him. And Judge has never been thrown out of a game ever. But maybe that might have to change. But he said in his post game that, you know, he looks up and down the lineup and he sees, okay, well, well Rizzo, he can get on. You know, I got to just keep it moving. I can't let it throw me off my game. And, and that's a great point as well. And, and the players love that Aaron Boone is the one to run out there and get tossed and, 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 and to say what, what they're all thinking. So in conclusion, yes, robot umps are absolutely necessary in today's day and age. Get it right. No more of this. While it may sound like an excuse, you know what? It's not. It's not. Because that ultimately, you know, just the, 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 the effect, you know, after having a pitch call like that, in the back of the minds of the hitters, all hitters, not just Judge or Carpenter or any of them, it, it's all of them, to say, okay, well, well am I going to get banged down on a pitch like this? Oh, I might, I might as well swing. And then that, that screws you up at the plate big time. Uh, Kevin in Camden, you're up next. Go ahead. What's up, Coach? How are you? I'm great. How are you? Uh, this game was brutal. Um, yep. I got three points I'm going to make. First, Chapman. Look, I'm uh, I'm done watching. He, 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 even in like a low le- well, not really, yeah, low leverage situation, can't do it. The guy's washed. Brutal. It, it's getting. To, it's for me. It's reminding me of when familiar was on the Mets. That every time you would come in, you you just wouldn't be able to watch. And, and that's just how I feel about Chapman. Yep. And then you got Miguel Castro being out. Nobody's mentioning that. Yep. That's a big, big loss for that bullpen. Well, they don't even know how for how long. I mean, they haven't gotten any results <laughs> yeah. yet from the MRI. That and could it, be long. Yeah, and and that's that's another need you need to address. That's. You know, in the, in the deadline, they have Yankees needs to fill, and that leads to my second point. Andrew Benintendi. Now you mentioned it earlier. They, they don't want him because of the vaccine thing. I'm not, you know, that for me that's stupid. Because look, Toronto's what three games? Or how, how many more games you got in Toronto? But three or seven games. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you could play, play them in, play against them in New York. You could play and, and anywhere else. You've mentioned this many times because I've listened to every show that you've had. You've said this word a few times, negligence. If the Yankees don't get Benintendi, it is negligence on their part because they'll be, they'll be miscalculating what he can bring to the team and what he can do. Because, listen, they don't get him. The Mets could very well, and they're still interested in Benintendi. You let, if, he, if the Yankees are going to stand pat with this decision, the Mets could easily swoop in and get Benintendi. They're not worried about, you know, the vaccine thing because, you know, they're in the National League, and then they, will not, they won't have to play Toronto unless Toronto somehow miraculously makes it to the World Series. Yeah, and, and the Mets do too. But you know what, though? It kind of, it's kind of head-scratching to me, too, because then, okay, you got an outfield from right to left of, of, of uh, Marte, Nemo in the in center, and, and, and McNeil in left. And, and I don't like McNeil as a left fielder. I really don't. But, but where else are you going to play him? You can't take that bat out of the lineup. So to me, it's kind of head-scratching why the Mets would want to go after a guy like Benintendi when they have – Humongous holes in their relief oh, pitching McNeil, and their catcher. McNeil's a second baseman, though, right? Like, naturally, right. So, and, I, and then you've got third base, which has been a major, major issue. 
you put Guillaume at third and then you put McNeil second, that kind of solves the need and puts Benatendi in there. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just my thinking. Yeah. But, and as far as Gallo, listen, I, the, the, the boos are getting louder. Every time he doesn't come through, the boos are getting louder. He needs to get out. New York's just not for him. I mean, I feel, I almost feel, I feel bad for him because he, I just, it's just, I don't know. I just think it's not the right fit and he needs to get out. Well, the problem for the Yankees is they can't get much for him at this point. Yeah. That's the no, problem. But like, but like you said, negligence. The Yankees need Benintendi, and if they don't do it, it is negligence. Yeah. And that's the word you've used so many times. Yeah, and, and, that, and, that's and you look how at, I feel about it. Kevin, you look at the other options. You got Ian Happ. Uh, you got Reynolds to look at. Brian Reynolds. Uh, they just, they just don't cut it. Reynolds might be out for the year, so that might be a waste. Yeah, forget that. And he's and, and it's it's a hard stop for me too with him. The price would be too high, and he's the worst of the three. Yep. And real quick about the Mets, loving the way loving the way this is going. And I'm hoping that the Grom can get back by the All-Star break. And ironically, it'll probably be against the Yankees. The Mets need another bat. And they need to address that bullpen. Because out of, listen, out of you know, I just, he, he's been like, the last couple outings, he's been, you know, with, get, without getting a run. But it's always shaky. The Mets need a bat and a bullpen. That's it. They, they need to address. Like, starting pitching, everybody's saying they need, no, no. The, the starting no. pitching is fine. Fine. You just, Focus on the bullpen and the bat. That's all you need. Yep. Get, get a get a big time left handed. Uh, get a big time bat to protect the lines in the lineup, and there you go. That's your issues right there. Just try to fix that. Yep. And the Yankees right now, I'd say get Ben Benintendi if you could, and then try to get maybe try to get a starter. I don't know about Castillo, but try to get a, a chief starter like Jose Quintana or get somebody in the bullpen because I'm telling you, Chad, I just I'm. And, you, and now you, you there's no option. You got to keep Clay Holmes as a closer. Clay Holmes. I mean, nerves of steel. And Kevin, thanks for the call. A good call. And, and for the Mets, I would say, you know, my my top two on the wish list for for the Mets at the trade deadline: Wilson Contreras, because he upgrades you immediately at the catcher's position, and he's the big bat that the Mets are missing in that lineup. Immediate. And I, I actually like David Robertson, too. So let's see if the Mets can swing a package for uh, Robertson and Contreras over there from from uh, Chicago. And, of course, the Mets got rained out earlier, I guess, Friday now. And so they're going to play a split doubleheader later today, Saturday. I think the times are, what, 210 and, and 810 or something like that? Uh, all right, let's go to the call. So again, 877-337-6666 is the number and the order that you called, of course. Let's go to Nick in Jersey. What's up, Nick? Hey, Daniel, big fan. Uh, also went to TCNJ, so I was just, uh, you're doing great tonight. Thank you. I want to talk about the disappointment of the Yankees-Red Sox game today. We had runners on base, basically, last two innings, mm-hmm. did nothing to score. Yep. Yankees having a great season. Big fan of Tyler Wade. We just got him back. Really excited about that. Why? But then also we but have... why? <laughs> he, but Tyler Wade is one of those, he can play every single position. But not but great. That's not really why, that's, that's not why I'm t- calling today. I'm calling also, I'm a big Yankees fan. My parents are Mets fans. And I would love both doing great. I would love to see a Mets Yankee Subway Series. Oh, me too. Of course. Yes. World Series. Also, World Series Subway Series. That'd be awesome. But I've been thinking about it. I wasn't alive in 2000 when they first played. How do they possibly play in the subway? In the subway? How do they fit all those fans, all the players in the subway? That's really a great question. It. I don't get it either. It's got to be one really long subway train to get that done. Yeah. Can, and also, yeah. Like, can I use my Metro card to like get into the stadium? Like, how does this work? Yeah, I mean, if it's being played in the subway cars themselves, sure, you'd have to use your Metro card. Yeah, uh huh. Make sure it's reloaded. Right. Yeah, that, that's great though. Yeah, and also if Pete Alonso and Pete Alonso hits a home run, the fans are going crazy. If they make me late to work, I'm gonna be pissed. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, 
Also, uh, sign Jason Giambi. That's right. Sign Jason Giambi, and he hangs up. I, I, you know what? That's a great call. How are they going to play a Subway series in the Subway? Come on, man. Sonny and Montclair. Funny. You're funny. You're probably laughing out loud. I think a lot of people are. That's a great question. You're real serious about it. But but Tyler Wade? Come on, man. You really love him? Was that part of the joke, too? Tyler Wade? That had to have been part of the joke. Because Tyler Wade, although he can play all the positions in the world, none of them great. The guy can't hit. But he can run. Maybe he'll run from subway car to subway car in the subway series. Sonny and Montclair, you're up on the fan. Go ahead. Yeah, so here's the deal. Um... The Yankees, this is my opinion. I feel just as passionate as you do, and the same thing with Ben Attendee. We're not jumping to conclusions by, you know, they've had it by this great record. It's a great start. There's a little bit of a correction going on. But my take has always been, even since 2018, this team under Boone has a glass jaw. You know, going out and arguing and getting thrown out for judges putting on a show to an extent, that's easy to do. He's your star player. I get that. How about the idea about drilling down on the, 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 the ridiculous plays and inability and ineptness to, to, to make productive outs and mm-hmm. get runs home. After IKF, that bunt was horrible, but after the pitcher threw it away, yep. hey, how about another bunt? The guy's shell-shocked at this point. I guarantee you they, or they'd win the game on a push bunt or, 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 or just a sack fly shortening up. They don't do any of that. It's it's very difficult to do what they did if you even tried to do it, <laughs> yeah. not to make contact and do that. And then last night, yep. see, each each game begets the other. He got cute last night. Cortez said he could have pitched the rest of the game. Why are you taking him out? And why are you putting in Loisega for his first time? Oh, are you trying to make things difficult? And now he burned three pitchers last night and then three tonight. Yep. And that, that, that's what drives me crazy about him. He will get outmanaged in every series in the playoffs. He may not, he, he'll give away a game. The last three games against the Red Sox are the games you do, like in 2004, when you blow a three game to nothing lead. This team should not be talking about excuses in the post game. My answer, rather than just complaining, I like Benintendi also. I don't want to hear any excuses about vaccination. Exactly. He, he's a champion who's played at Yankee Stadium. He loves the Yankee Stadium short porch, mm-hmm. makes productive outs, 320 hitter. I'm good with him. You know who I want for pitchers? I want Johnny Cueto. You can get him from the White Sox. He's still pitching to a 284 ERA. He's a stud pitcher who's won two championships, knows how to grind. He threw 114 pitches. Last night, last night, I think it was. You know, Cash. So, you know, so, Boone's never going to allow him to do that. Those are the type of play. That's the type of game you had the bull. That's what win in in October. The Bulldogs. Look what the what the yep. Nationals did. Mm-hmm. Look what the this game of 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 passing the baton in October is just not going to work. And then when someone's on a roll like Cortez last night. You neutralized Castillo. You, that you take a bow for that, and then he gave it right back yep. by 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 not letting Cortez. That would have been a nice, complete game. Everybody would have it would have made a statement. Would have felt good after losing game one. You win the series, and now to me, Boone looks a little shook up that they lost another close one to the Red Sox. It's just not about the calls. My prediction is Tyone's going to get lit up tomorrow, and he's not going to have anybody to come in. And then Sunday, you're going to have a nail-biter one way or the other. It's no reason to panic. But if this team thinks that they're going to win 
as currently constituted, they're crazy. Yeah, and, and, and Sonny Gray call there. And, and you know what? What I love most about Andrew Benintendi, and you talk about grinding out at bats. You, you hear the word grind all the time in the post game, right? Grind this, grind. The best part about Andrew Benintendi, he's in the 90th percentile, 9-0, 90th percentile in the league, in the league, in strikeout percentage. That. That's that spells recipe for success in the postseason. Let's go, Brad in Middletown. You're up next here on the fan. Hey, Danny, how are you? Good. How are you, Brad? Pretty good. Pretty good. Thanks for asking. Just got off work. Listen, I want to make a couple comments. The Yankees need to improve their pitching. One main reason. First of all, they just lost uh, Severino to a uh, a minor lap problem in his back, and you know he'll be back in a couple weeks. Yep. But you know. The pitcher they need to be looking at right now pitched against them yesterday. I would love to see them get Luis Castillo from Cincinnati. Mm. If they can go, they can get Castillo and get that kid Diaz, um, Edwin Diaz's brother. If they can get that kid, forget about it. And the bat, I like Ben Attendee, but he's going to be a rental, and they want one or two of the Yankees' best prospects. I mean. That's a little bit too much. That is too much. Yes. Even though he's having a great season with Kansas City. But But maybe, yeah, but maybe, Brad, that's the reason why they're saying, well, you know, he's not vaccinated. You know, we really don't want him now. Maybe they're just driving the price down by saying that. Because they'd be nuts not to be in on him. I agree. But there's one more thing, and you know, and Danny, it's always a pleasure talking to you. Get rid of Joey Gallo. DFA him. Do something. You can't keep putting that guy in the starting lineup, and he does nothing. Great. He has a beautiful glove. He has a can of an arm, but he's not doing the right thing. And now I can understand why, you know, I don't know if everybody's going to agree with me with this or not. You got two people in that minor league, in the minor leagues right now that I would trust over Gallo in a minute. Uh, that's, uh, uh, Esteban Floreal, and they should be playing Andujar. Period. Because Andujar is a contact hitter. He can make the big difference in that lineup. Why didn't? Why they playing with this guy like that? I have no idea. Well, I mean, but Miguel yeah, Andujar was scratched from the lineup tonight with a neck injury, so that's something to watch. Well, what about Floreal? Yeah, Floreal. I don't know. That's a good question. I, mean, I don't know. And they. And they lost. Uh, and it was Aaron. Aaron. Uh, Aaron. Uh, what do you call it? Hicks. For the next Hicks for the next two two months because that leg contusion. No, he played tonight. I thought he was going to be out for a month or two. No, he played tonight. All right, then I was misinformed about that. My apologies. That's Someone right. Told me that. Yeah. No, he was. Uh, looks like he was zero for two with a walk tonight and a strikeout. All right. Bottom line is, he's 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 jolt life. And then this happened. He might be able to turn it back on, but I don't trust him neither. Yeah, no. But Gallo, uh, uh, yes. Gallo needs to go. Well, Brad, and then you highlighted it beautifully. The, the, one of the biggest holes in this Yankee lineup is the left field position. And guess what? You know who's going to fix that? Oh, I don't know. A guy named Andrew Penitendi. But you alluded to it. I want to know, how did Luis Castillo look in his tryout, quote-unquote tryout, at Yankee Stadium just, I don't want to say yesterday, but it was Thursday at this point. I'm Daniel McCartan. Give me a call, 877-337-6666. Let's talk about that next here on The Fan. Welcome back to McCartan After Midnight here on The Fan in New York City. 
I'm with you for another hour, a little over an hour. Brian Rescono comes your way at 2 a.m. He is here in the building already. Uh, so we were just talking about, you know, with Luis uh, uh, Severino going on the 15-day I.L. with that low-grade lat strain. So we're really looking at, with the All-Star break included, uh, probably going to miss two, maybe three starts. Um, you know, Judge, Aaron Judge said it's, it's 15 days. I feel all of our starters should get a little time on the I.L. just to rest up. They've been working hard carrying this team for a while. Hopefully we get him back after 15, 20 days, whatever it is. Well, right, because just because he's on the 15-day I.L. doesn't mean he's going to be out for just 15 days. He could or he couldn't, you know, because I pointed Jonathan Lewisga. He was on the 15-day I.L., but before Thursday night, that that piss-poor performance Thursday night, the last time he pitched was on May 22nd. Clearly more than 15 days. But the good news is for Severino, it's just a lat strain. That's just a muscle strain. It's not anything to do with any sort of tendons or anything. So that's fine. It's like a it's a muscle strain. And Loisga, two-thirds of an inning and gave up three earned runs. Come on, man. Not what you want to see. Um, so let's just assume, though, that Severino really is out only just 15 days. The last full season he pitched was in 2018. And the durability of the rest of the the starting pitchers concerns me, too, when the Yankees go ahead and make their their run down the stretch. Tyone, Montgomery, even Cortez, who has already exceeded his career total innings pitch for any season he's ever pitched in, any single season. So, yeah, I do think that not just the middle of the road, I I think a high-quality starting pitcher should be on the Yankees' wish list for the trade deadline. So you look at... Luis Castillo, what did he do Thursday night in his audition at Yankee Stadium? Good. What an audition. He, he too hit the New York Yankees through seven innings, and he struck out 38% of the Yankee batters he's faced. And while we're talking about this, hits and pitchers and stuff, uh, just so everybody's clear, Clayton Kershaw, the uh, perfect game or the the no-hitting, oh, it was a perfect game. Clayton Kershaw's perfect game uh, was broken up by a leadoff double in the eighth inning. Sucks. But if you're a fan of my show, you know that. And, and how many years ago, I wanted the Yankees to trade for Luis Castillo. By name, I said it. Castillo is it. So what's his price? And not dollars. He's only making $7.4 million a season for the whole season. But what's his price as in trade value? And I, again, I'll say untouchable for me. If I'm making this deal, Volpe and Dominguez, untouchable. Everyone else, let's do it. But... What has emerged of the forefront of the discussion is unfortunately not how much Luis Castillo fits directly in to to this starting rotation of the New York Yankees, but of course, the George Steinbrenner and New York Yankee hair policy. Kyle Farmer had a lot to say to the Athletic. He said, I keep telling him, hey man, they're going to make you cut your hair if you come here. He definitely doesn't want to do it. There's a lot of attitude in the hair and I don't think he wants to let it go. That's Kyle Farmer from the Reds. But, as you know, I always go directly to the source. And Castillo himself said, quote, those are the decisions that are done by the team. If it gets to the point where I have to cut my hair, I will. Good. And he wouldn't be the only one ever in the history of the Yankees to do it. So relax. Miguel Castro just did it. Randy Johnson did it. Jason Giambi, Garrett Cole, Nick Swisher, and probably the most egregious of them all, 
Johnny Damon did it too. He shaved not only the hair, but the beard, the whole thing. And, and good for him because he won a World Series with the Yankees in 2009. Swisher too. I mean, even the NYPD has a facial hair policy. It is what it is. So, my, you know, are the Yankees going to start putting names on the backs of the jerseys like everyone else does? Come on, stop it. So, Luis Castillo is a perfect fit for this Yankees team. Do it. As long as it doesn't include Volpe or Dominguez. We'll go back to the phones at 877-337-6666 to Brooklyn. And Dave, you're up next on the fan. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Great. Um, I just want to say something. You know, I've given this more thought than uh, a lot of people about the situation with the umpires and Aaron Judge. I think I may have spoken with you about it. And um, I, I have come to the conclusion, this is just my opinion, that the umpires are just really afraid of the pitchers. They feel like the hitters are disposable. You're in and out. You're you're here for three, 30 seconds and then you're gone. And they just feel like they have to bow down to the pitcher. I think they're terrified of the pitchers. But what but what would a repercussion be from a pitcher if they're so terrified from like what like screaming? Screaming? Yeah. Didn't he get it from Aaron Boone tonight? Screaming at him in the face? They're used to that. They're afraid to tip the balance. They're so used to the hitters complaining that they're used to that. They're so used to a hitter being six feet tall that they don't care that judge is six seven. They're so used to it. So they're just stuck in that. If you if they actually called a true strike zone for Judge, Judge would bat three ten. He would seem almost invincible up there because he has such a great eye that he would walk mm -hmm. so often that they almost feel like it's fair to be unfair to Aaron Judge. So I'm just flabbergasted by the difference between being yelled at. If you're an umpire, being yelled at by a manager or being yelled at by a pitcher. I, I, don't, I don't get the difference. Because they're used to it. The but, hitter's but, in and out. They know the hitter's in and out. It's the pitcher that they fear. If that pitcher starts complaining about not getting a strike zone, I think they're more afraid of the repercussions of just the, the, the change of, of actually being at odds with a pitcher versus being at odds with a hitter. Now, of course, that benefits both teams in certain ways. But for guys like Judge, it it destroys him. No, destroys I, I don't think it career. destroys. I don't think it destroys him at all. Well, you should. You know what? Google Aaron Judge strike zone. There have been analytics done by. Sabermetric oh, I know that. But I, I do. He he has the most low strikes called on him since mm -hmm. he started in the league. But four hundred and thirty. Yeah, but so into this week. Listen, if I'm an umpire, and I and I was an umpire. I don't care. Okay. It doesn't matter to me who gets screwed by a call that I might have made okay. or missed. It doesn't matter. You, then let me ask you, please. You see Herman Munster coming to the plate, right? Do you psychologically So let's not say, call Aaron Judge Herman Munster. We'll call him well, Aaron Judge. You know he's actually, you know, I say that I love Aaron Judge. No, no, he's actually taller than Herman Munster, believe it or not, by two inches. Now, my question to you is this, and, and I love Aaron Judge, believe me. Uh, I'm an Aaron Judge fan. <laughs> but what I'm saying to you is, as an umpire, you see Aaron Judge coming to the plate. Do you psychologically tell yourself, uh-oh, my zone has to go up now, and Altuve comes to the plate, my zone has to go down now? I'm asking you, do you do that? No, I don't. I look at the player that steps in the box, and I size the player up, and I say, okay, right. there's where the zone has to be for this particular exactly. That's player. That's what I just said. You, you, you but it's not moving up and moving down. You, this is making no sense. I'm, no, no, I'm adjusting to it to— because he's taller. What are you talking about? But his, his knees, knees are higher. 
I'm, I'm adjusting it. Right? I'm adjusting it from his letters to his knees. It, it, it's that's dependent upon the hitter. It's not dependent upon where I deem the strike zone to be and whether or not no, it fits but, him but, or but not. The, hitter, but you adjust, the, the point, we're saying the same thing. You adjust it for the player's height. So why aren't these umpires doing that? But he's not. We're not. We're not issue, talking over calls that are missed above the letters. We're talking about calls missed at the knees. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Why are they calling those low strikes on a guy who's six foot seven? That's what I'm trying to figure out. I have no idea. And it's Neither not. Beca- and it's and nobody- not because Dave that they're, they're they're scared of the pitchers. It's not that either. Ken in Manhattan, you're up next on the fan. Hey Danielle, uh, the last gentleman sort of stole my thunder, but I don't want to sound redundant. However, regarding this. Uh, the strike zone. It's an strike. issue. It's definitely an issue. Oh, it's more than an issue. This is rather uh, controversial at the, at the moment, and it has been for quite some time. But it was interesting to take the, uh, listening to Judge after the game, mm-hmm. saying that he, he, he doesn't mind that, that he, he likes the human element. Did you hear the uh, interview afterwards? I heard parts of it, but, but what, what do you want him to say? Let's get robot umps? He's not going to say that. He's not that kind of guy. He could be thinking it. He's just not. He's not going to say it. He's a class act. You're right, Danielle. But uh, I'm so much in favor, and I know Mattingly is a is a huge proponent of the electronic strikes. Yes, he I has am too. Sometime. Yep, I am too, and I have been for some time too. You know what? It, we're we're beyond the point of of human error in the game of baseball. We're just you know at that point we're just beyond it. It's it's enough of it. You know, it has the ability to to impact the outcome of a game. You can't review it. Enough of it. I'm done with it. Yeah, it's exasperating, Daniel. Especially being a as big a judge fan as I am. I mean, I'm a nutty <laughs> judge. <laughs> a nutty judge fan. Nutty judge. Call Ken from Manhattan. The nutty judge fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, you know, what, you what, might what, have to, Ken. You might have to tell my my call screener next time. Ken, the nutty judge fan from Manhattan. You got to put that on the board. As far as Mr. Judge resembling Fred Gwynn, I don't think so. Not quite. You know who Fred Gwynn was, right? Is that Herman Munster, the actor? Exactly. Okay. Remember his daughter? Actually, he knew his daughter in Katona, New York. Really? Yes, I did rather well, but that's another story. What's what's but, his? But very what? nice people. Very really nice people. What's his? But getting uh, back to the issue. Wait, what's his name? Fred Quinn. Fred Gwynn. 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 Okay. Yeah, he was uh, Herman Munster. And the, the did you ever see the Munsters? Oh, I love the Munsters. Yeah, Fred Gwynn, six five. <laughs> All that stuff. <laughs> but yes, getting back to and the, the gentleman, the last gentleman who called. Uh, he's absolutely correct. When you can change, and, and I don't know how often this has happened with regard to judge and the strike zone, but going from a, a hitter, when he's facing, what, 2-1, uh, 1-2, two, one, one, two, it changes the whole complexion of the, of the, of the whole uh, Well, the, menta- the, the mentality of the hitter, and Ken, Ken, thanks for the call there, from the mentality of the hitter, you get a borderline sort of thing at your knees, and you're like, Ooh, I don't know. It hits the catcher's glove, and there's a moment of like, well, I, I don't know if this is going to be called a strike or a ball, and and maybe you take it, maybe you swing at it. If it's me, I'm probably swinging at it, and I'm not getting my best swing on a ball like that that, that you're not sure about. It changes the mentality of a hitter. It needs to be corrected. And Boone has said, and I said before, he got a little, that's a good word, exasperated in the postgame. He has said, that that he has has addressed it at the major league level, front office level, league level, and nothing seems to change. So we've got a quick break, an update. And- Welcome 
Welcome back to McCartan After Midnight here on The Fan in New York City as we approach and embark on the second and last hour of the show tonight. Uh, I got a tweet from someone that, that, that said that they were on hold and had to take a call, but the point being that this person says that Benintendi, and a tweet at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N, by the way, Benintendi is not worth even a Peraza package like Reynolds is. Of course not. Because essentially saying that Reynolds is a better player than Benintendi. He's not. Spoiler alert, he's not. First of all, he's going to command more of a, a, a package, if you will, because Benintendi's in the last year of his deal. Reynolds is not a free agent until 2026. Uh, that's like four years from now. Um, Reynolds has a strikeout rate in the 41st percentile in the league, probably because he's got one of the worst chase rates in the league. You, Everybody complains about Joey Gallo. This guy's a, a free swinger, this guy. His, his outs are not productive. Doesn't have any postseason experience. It's just, it's it's a hard pass. At this point, you'd rather keep Joey Gallo, honestly, than trade for a guy like Reynolds because you're going to have to give up a ton to get him. Might as well just keep Gallo. I, I, you know what? I'd almost want to put another row on the homework that I did to compare Reynolds and Gallo because, um, I don't know. And, and the other thing is Reynolds is a center fielder. The Yankees have not one but two center fielders on their roster. Hicks and now Judge has converted himself to a center fielder. Why? Probably because when it becomes to be a free agent, center fielders always get paid the most out of any outfield position. You can't blame him. He could do it. He's good at it. So the deficiency is in left field. And I got a, uh, a tweet from at New York Rican one says all this discussion about judge not getting the strike zone, a professional hitter leading the league in home runs, a professional hitter that can adjust. I mean, it's obvious he is leading the league in home runs. What am I missing here? Um, just because he's leading the league in home runs, it doesn't mean that the strike zone has been fair on him every single uh, step of the way. I, I think that's safe to say, right? All right, 877-337-6666 is the number to get aboard. I'm Danielle McCartan with you till 2. And we've got Ben in Queens. You're up next on The Fan. Uh, morning there, Coach. Um, let, let's just put it this way in terms of the Yankee game today. I could scream about the strike zone, but you know what? That, that's baseball. Yeah, that's you know what? And that's the least of the, the, their, their problems because they had chances late in the oh, game. Yeah. Bases loaded. They couldn't get it done. Yep, and, and and that's the common thread in all the Yankee teams that have failed, yep. if you look at it. Yep. You have a chance to either break the game open or get a timely hit, and you don't get it. And, 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 and you know, I, I could say, oh, it's the shift. Oh, it's incumbent. You know what? It's incumbent on each player when they're in that situation to know the situation. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's just that simple. It's just that simple. You got a runner on second in the 10th inning. Right. All right? You know you're down one. Make a productive out. At least get the runner over to third. Exactly. Make contact. Yep. <laughs> simple. I'm not asking you to lay a bunt down. I'm just saying. Pull the ball 
away from the runner so he could get the start. But Ben, that is that is precisely why this Yankees team. I, I don't know what their their record is in, in extra innings, but it doesn't matter because the, the the situational baseball with the runner on second base in extra innings does not favor this Yankees team like it would. I don't know the Mets. The Mets hit situationally. Charlie Morton said that they're they, you know they're scrappy. They're a scrappy bunch. They put the ball in play. The Yankees just don't. They're looking for the long ball all the time to have the runner on second base. They 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 either run into one, but they don't know how to get it done. They don't know how to get the guy around to score. <laughs> and the problem is, the runner that is on second is the batter I need at the plate who can make that type of hit. Mm. Or, and after him is Trevino. Outside of that, I'm, I'm pulling straws. I'm just looking at it. So, so it's come to this, okay? I'm readying an elephant gun with darts filled with the vaccine. And as soon as Ben Attendee, like, isn't turning, one straight to the butt, there he goes, he's vaccinated, let's go. Ben, I know you're joking, but just so everybody knows, he's joking. (laughs) I I am joking about that, but, but you see, if anything, Yankee fans, this should make you appreciate Bernie Williams and Paul O'Neill even more. Because those hitters are not here anymore, unfortunately, in our system. Because everything is you got to arc the swing up. There's no level swing. Mm-hmm. You, 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 you got to make it rise for the stadium. And again, old fogey as I am, 46 years old, old fogey as I am, that's my type of baseball. Those are my type of hitters, and these technical losses are going to eternally be frustrating because I know we, we, we had this game. Yeah. I can. Yes. And it's like the out of the three out of the last five losses they had, it's like a broken record. We had this game. Quickly, thank you to Allison Felix. Ran her last race for the United States tonight. Got bronze in the mixed 400 relay. Uh, she's been racing for the U.S. for a bunch of years. Showed her daughter on TV at the track. Daughter's cute as a button. You know, already I was saying the daughter needs an agent. So there's the future of American track there. And thank you for the time, Coach. I will talk to you next time. And come on, Yankees, just make contact. Thank you, Coach. And, and hit situationally. Please, just hit situationally. You know, and that's another reason why. Like like Ben, he just said it. it, it the whole launch angle experiment failed. It failed, and it is still failing in the Bronx, this whole launch angle thing. Like, I, I've seen enough of it. And you got a guy like, like Ben Intendi who, who's, I think, ready to become a New York Yankee. And they're like, oh, wait, uh, no, um, we've only got three games in Toronto remaining in the regular season, and, uh, you know, he's not vaccinated, so we're going to pass. What? You're going to take a gamble like that on a guy that is a perfect fit, a perfect counterbalance to what you've got going on in, in your in your lineup? And don't get me wrong. The Yankees, they, they have made adjustments. Kiner Falefa is one of those guys that, you know, as you saw tonight, can lay down a bunt. I mean, it wasn't a great bunt, but it got the job done, did it not? I mean, he didn't cushion it enough. He didn't welcome it into the bat, you know, enough. It was a little hard shot back up to the pitcher, but guess what? The pitcher fielded it, made a throwing error, and the Yankees are, are on the board. Run scored. 
there's not enough guys in that lineup that can do that. And, and you look at, I think it was a pinch hitter after him was was Hicks. You're going to ask Aaron Hicks to lay down a bunt? Yeah, right. And then next up was Trevino, who, who pinch hit for uh, Gallo, I believe. So, you know, it's like all these guys are just swinging for the fences, and, and that's it. And it's just, it's, it's maddening. It's maddening to see. Because it seems to be it's the same issue. I'm not lamenting one loss to the Red Sox. You know, the Yankees, eventually, they were, they were in the stratosphere. They're going to have to come down a little bit. I'm not lamenting this one loss. I'm lamenting the fact that it has brought to the surface a lot of the same concerns about this Yankees team that have been concerns for this Yankees team in years past. As long as I've been here, a couple years that is, it's, we talk about the same thing all the time about the Yankee team. All the time. If you, if you can't call, maybe it's late. Maybe you can't be on the phone. You can tweet me at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. Uh, on uh, Twitter, obviously, on, on Instagram as well, and Facebook.com slash Coach McCartan. We'll go to the phones at 877-337-6666. Up to Stanford, Connecticut. Pat, you're on the fan. Hey, Danielle, how are you? What's up, Pat? Uh, let me just get off speaker real quick. I'm sorry. That's okay. I just want to say, I think, you know, Ben Attendee well, oh, you gotta might lower, be a great – Wait, Pat, yeah, yeah, Pat, I, Pat, I Pat, one he second. might be a great player. Pat, you got to lo- lower the radio a little bit. Yeah, no, I apologize. Okay, then start over okay. now. I said Ben Attendee might be a great player, mm-hmm. and I'm, but your, your comments on launch angle are a little misplaced just because, you know, Aaron Judge doesn't go up there – with a mandate to target a particular launch angle. And that the whole philosophy on hitting that this guy Dylan Lawson has kind of put through the organization is hit strikes hard. He doesn't say anything about launch angle. Now, okay, it okay, so but, happens but, that but, but certain look, launch angles... Okay, go ahead. No, I, I was going to say, but well, then I guess a guy like Joey Gallo or, or Aaron Hicks or, or these guys are, are not getting the memo, I, I guess. Yeah, but I mean, there's a, I mean, this is a league-wide issue. He's not the uh, you know poster child of what the Yanks are espousing to to be. No, not he's anymore. A, he's a poor hitter. Not anymore. He's a poor hitter. He's a poor hitter. Um, but you know, I'm just you know Volpe, for instance, the, the prospect, the number one prospect, his first up. He didn't become the number one prospect until he hit you know 27 home runs last year, and you know that was a, a you know concerted effort, I think, to hit the ball, to remake his swing, and to hit major league pitching. And it, it ends up being, you know, a slight uppercut. But if you look at all the great hitters over time, with some notable exceptions, you know, maybe like a Wade Boggs, but you wouldn't put him in the same category as Ted Williams. I mean, Ted Williams hit 500 home runs. Wade Boggs maybe had 100. You know, who would you have rather had? I'd rather take Ted Williams. And it's a slight uppercut. You know, you swing down to swing up. And Judge is like the perfect example of it now. I mean, everybody in baseball has the same issues of situational hitting. You know, the, the odds of winning the World Series now with expanded playoffs are not what they were back when Yogi was collecting, you know, 10 rings. And, uh, you know, I have, I have to have faith that they'll put together a team that gives them the best chance, but that doesn't guarantee they're going to win it, you know, even if they get rid of Gallo. And, you know, Hicks has come on strong, so I think it's – I don't want to, you know, I, I just – I've heard so much negative talk about those two, and I understand it. I get it, you know, but there's no guarantee Ben Attendee or Ian Happ 
or Jock or any of these outfielders that they're going to bring in are going to be as good as the Braves were last year. I hope they are, but uh, we'll see. Um, I think Benintendi is absolutely the right answer for this. I'm looking at the launch angle. You know which hitter has the high, the, the the largest average launch angle in the league? You want to make a guess? Uh, Ian Happ. Trout. Mike Trout. Trout. Oh, man, what a problem to have. Uh, right, <laughs> right. And, and then you got Nolan Arenado, second. This is the average launch angle, um, you know, per um, do you know how many? Ball. Do you know how many ground balls go for extra base hits? I would guess it's less than 5%. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm just... I'm, I'm just saying, Joe, the point I was going to finish up there was with Joey Gallo. His launch angle is 22.9 degrees, and it's not working for him like it is for Mike Trout. I, I, yeah, I know, but uh, the thing is, is Gallo's issue is not that he's targeting a launch angle. His issue is that he's so he's so far out on his front side that you know he has no chance against this pitching like it is today with Clay Holmes throwing 100-mile-per-hour gliders moving two feet. I mean... He's just like, he's, he's, uh, I think he'd struggle to hit 20 home runs at double A right now. And that's the problem is what do you trade him for? I mean, I wouldn't give up a good BP pitcher for him. Yeah, no, <laughs> I know. That's the, that's, that's the problem there, Pat. And I, and I love the call about launch angle. We could talk about that as well. Just so everybody's clear, Andrew Benintendi has a, a 10.9 degree launch angle. He's 170th average in the league uh, and quite low on this list as well. Giancarlo Stanton is even is, is lower than that. And Judge, I saw somewhere near there. So, no, I'm not saying those guys are uppercutting the ball. But I'm saying, like, the, the Yankees, yes, the mentality has switched, but they still have guys like Joey Gallo, like, like I guessed and was right about. He still has that launch angle he's got to get rid of. Glaber Torres even still has the 24th in the league average launch angle, you know, steepest launch angle. He's not that guy. Libertores is not that guy. Get back to hitting base hits, gap to gap, be that guy again. And once that happens, Yankees are going to be in business. But they need to change that mentality of, of the launch angle and, and get guys in there that can hit situationally. Like like Ben Intendi, whose who's outs are productive 35% of the time, 32.4% of the time. Because in a situation like tonight... You'd want a guy like Benintendi up at the plate where he could potentially, you know, move the runner over with a, a, a sacrifice fly to the outfield or a, a ground ball through the right side. He makes productive outs. Maybe it doesn't get through. Maybe it's hit to the second baseman and he gets out of first base, but at least the runner is now to third with one out or two outs, whatever it may be. Let's go to uh, Tony in Wayne, New Jersey. You're up on the fan, Tony. Go ahead. Tony. Oh, no. We don't have Tony. All right, Tony, give us a call back. I don't know what happened there. Bad connection or or something. Um, you know, 877-337-6666. That's for everybody out there as well, uh, if you want to get aboard as well. Um, you also have to look at, like, I don't know, like hard hit percentage. And there's a lot that goes into this, right? There's just so much. Uh, that goes into to a swing, and and maybe Gallo is bringing his his front out um, too soon. Maybe, I, you know, there's there's many things that can be going on. I I for one don't like how he's so kind of t- kind of twitchy at the plate. Uh, you know, like uh, it doesn't seem to me like he, like he's that settled 
when he steps in, you know, as he is stepping into the box, and when he's in it, he's always moving. You know, and you and then you contrast that with a guy like Stanton, who stands there like a statue, doesn't even get out of the box. I mean, there, there's got to be something. And I'm wondering if they are telling him what to do, and he's just not doing it. This is Gallo, or or they're not telling him how to fix it. I don't know. I mean, I'm reading Cleon Jones's book, and he was like, "Yeah, man." Uh, there were no batting coaches when I played. You, you have to study the tape on yourself or have a teammate from the dugout tell you what's going on. And that still happens today. Kyle Higashioka said it to, uh, to um, uh, what's his name? Uh, no, Trevino said it to Kyle Higashioka about something about his lower half. Higashioka didn't say exactly what that was, you know, the adjustment that he made. That same game that, that, that Trevino told him about it, he made the adjustment, hit a home run. Higashioka did. So there's there you know there's stuff to be said uh, for going back and studying and making adjustments and to, to me it just doesn't look like Joey Gallo's making them like at all. So what is it? It's it's, it's Saturday, technically Saturday. So you know what? Bright and early tomorrow, Saturday morning, I'm gonna be heading back into the city. More specifically to Long Island. I've only been to Long Island like uh, twice or maybe three times. Uh, I've been to Jones Beach for concerts three times. That's about it. But but for me, it's my first trip to the UBS Arena. And I've heard great things about the place. So I'll be there to cover the UFC fight night uh, in Long Island. Uh, because my friend Misha Tate will be finally stepping into the octagon uh, just about or 12 hours, a little more than 12 hours from now. We'll talk about her fight very briefly against Lauren Murphy. We'll continue with all the main topics of the night. You know, Mets and Yankees trade deadline needs, the need for uh, robotic umpires. It's it's time. It's It has been time, but we saw tonight at watching that Yankee game that it is time. And, and a microcosm of... Uh, of the Yankees season happened tonight against the Red Sox. So all of that, which we've already covered, we'll continue to cover. I'm Danielle McCartan with you on the fan for another, I don't know, 40 minutes or so. Get your calls in. 877-337-6666. I mean, I really want to make this fight the statement of my career. So I have big plans for this fight. And I'm really excited for Saturday, man, that the finish line is close. I'm, I'm glad that it's an early fight. Like, I'd be ready tomorrow. Like, I'm so ready to go. So, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the voice of Misha Tate. That's all I needed to hear to make two bets. Um, and I'm not a big better, you know. But, you know, Tate to win the fight didn't pay much at all since she's the favorite. It was at, like, minus 225, like, Who's doing that? Nobody. So I bet $5 each on Tate to win by submission at plus 500 and Misha Tate to win by knockout or technical knockout plus 900. I looked at, you know, Tate is taller than Lauren Murphy. And while Misha has a, a two inch less reach than Lauren, Misha is also three years younger than Lauren. And in her press conference the other day, Misha was talking about her drop to fly weight and what she's feeling. And you know, she said some things that made some perfect sense to me. She said, in effect, that she always feel, felt like she, she belongs in this weight class because the, this flyweight division for women didn't exist until after she, you know, originally retired. Now she's back, obviously, Tate 
She's also quite motivated after the fight was postponed two weeks ago. I, you know, I planned my Vegas trip just recently just to see her fight at the T-Mobile Arena. I planned for it. But Lauren Murphy, unfortunately, contracted COVID, and it was postponed to this weekend. And of all the places they could have chosen in this entire country, they picked Long Island, which is far from my home in Jersey. But I'm lucky that I get to see my friend fight for the first time in person. So if you want to go, cool. If not, she's fighting at 2 p.m. on ABC. It's free. Put it on. And then Misha said that if and when she wins, the quote was, title contention, that's what I'll be calling for. I, for one, cannot wait. So I hope they're just going to, whether you're a fight fan or not, do it for me. Tune in, 2 p.m., ABC. And I got to say, the New York Yankees also hooked us up. The Yankees, and and, and Jess, her name is, the the ticket representative, hooked us up. We will be going to to the Yankee game. Yankees-Red Sox, Misha, Tate, me, her husband, and I think my cousin. So they gave us four tickets, comped us four tickets. Fantastic. I'm going to have the greatest weekend ever. I got to speak with you tonight, everybody. Um, Tomorrow I'm going to the fight, and Sunday we're going to the Yankee-Red Sox game. I mean, (laughs) with nice seats, comped. Doesn't get any better than this, or hard to get any better than this. Hopefully she wins, and hopefully she gets her title fight. I can't wait. All right. Uh, oh, uh, Tony and Wayne is back. All right. 877-337-6666. Uh, Brian's taking your calls at that number. We've got Tony and Wayne. You're back, Tony. Hey, how you doing? Thanks for taking my call. All right. Thanks for making it. Good. I want to touch base on the Andrew Benatini trade. Sure. I totally agree. I think that's total BS that we wouldn't get one of the best hitters in baseball that's available on the trade market. Yes. It's actually hitting 300. It can actually hit situational hitting and you know, and just not look for a home run, but actually get on base for Judge or Sand to, to hit him in. And I don't think we just need Andrew Benatini. We go on and on, but I think we need a couple of them because I just feel like every time we get up to the plate and there's, you know, Josh Donaldson or, or, or Stanton or Judge or these guys are just looking for the long ball mm. and they're just not looking to get on base. They're just looking, looking to home runs, home runs. And uh, not saying that we can't win with just home runs right. because, I mean, you can, but. You have to guys got get on base multiple times. You know what I mean? I know. I get you. More guys like like a DJ LeMahieu, who was at one point tonight three for three. You know, of course he didn't come through situationally, but you know, he ended up being three I, for five. Think about if we had two or three guys that could go three exactly. For five. We never really have that. We just got guys going one for three, one for four. Yep. You know what I mean? A home run here, home run there, and we, and, and that's good. Don't get me wrong. Um, I was listening to earlier, and I forgot who said it, but he was saying, you know. You need home runs to win. Don't get me wrong. You, yes. You could win by the long ball. I mean, you're in the postseason, a, a, a home run is important. But when we got to, when we got like in, in the last four or five games, we can't, it seems like we can't hit the ball. We just need these other guys to come along, and I just don't feel like we have that in the lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree And also, also, too, our bullpen, I don't know. I mean, I'm not a, a hater on Aaron Boone. I actually like Aaron Boone. Mm-hmm. But a couple of these, like, he, he just seems so by the book. Like Michael King. Uh, we was to the Boston Red Sox game, the, um, um, the first one where they lost. And Michael King, he took him out and put Clay Holmes in for four outs. Yep. I'm not saying that had anything to do with it, but why not let Michael King finish the inning? Yeah. I mean, if if and he didn't have no pitch, I think he had like ten or eleven pitches. If he's if he's dealing, if a pitcher's dealing good, who says to take him out? Right. You know what I mean? Like, why is the analytics always right? You know what I mean? Like, I know what happens to the to the gut feeling to where you say, well, this guy's dealing. 
let's just see what happens. Let's just roll with it. You know what I mean? And you, yeah, I exactly know what you mean, Tony. And, and a guy like Aaron Boone, who who has that acumen to be able to make, who played the game, who grew up around it, the game, he has exactly. it in him. Baseball family. Exactly. Yes. It seems like if you're going to do it by analytics, you might as well put me as a manager. I, I could go by analytics. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. We got the we we should hire managers for for how they feel or or what they feel in in situational pitching. And it just I just don't feel like we have it. I just feel like we're going straight by the books. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't think it's the time to panic, but I think it's definitely this this happened at a good time. Trade deadline, we definitely got to make some moves. Yeah. I think we need a, one or two more. Uh, definitely one starting pitcher, maybe a bullpen arm, but definitely a bat and a starting pitcher. Yep is what we're going to need to go deep into the playoffs. Tony, we are in agreement. A bat and a starting pitcher, and not just like off the bargain shelf. We're talking like big game starting pitching, I no. think. And I think Andrew Bennett, I'm not worried about him playing in Toronto or anything like that. Me neither. I, we need Andrew Benettini. I don't even think, I don't think Brian Reynolds, Ian Hatt, I think Andrew Benettini, a left-handed at bat that grinds out at bat. Yep. You know what I mean? It doesn't that, strike that, out. Does not strike out. Not at all. That's, yep. what, that's what we need. And I would love to... Call me crazy, but I would love for him to get him, and I would love for them to trade Donaldson. It's going to be hard with his contract, of course. But I'm just not—I'm not a Donaldson fan at all. Yeah, and Tony, great call there. I agree with you. The Yankees need another bat, and and, and, and you laid out beautifully, you articulated beautifully all of the things that Andrew Penadeni does. And, and guess what? He just so happens to be or play the position that the Yankees are not getting a lot of production from. I mean, it's—it's it's a home run. You know, so to speak, and, and just I'm not buying the whole oh he's not vaccinated thing. I think it's a way to, to bring down the asking price on him uh, because, of course, I, I read that the uh, that the Blue Jays were in on him too, and of course now they're going to be out on him because he obviously is going to miss more than just the three games in Toronto that he would as a Yankee. And to be afraid of the Toronto Blue Jays, come on, come on, man. Let's go to, in the order that you called, of course, Paul in Floral Park. You're up on the fan, Paul. Hello. How are you? I'm good, Paul. I'm coming out your way tomorrow. Any tips on how to get to UBS or anything? Um, yeah, I, uh, I'm going to, um, you know, to, uh, to when you come off uh, the Grand Central Parkway, you're going to see uh, um, that the uh, beige building with a bunch of softball fields there. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that's the green one. Okay, and you're going towards the Cross Island. You got to make sure you stay south. South, yeah. okay. Going toward, all right, got it. Uh, going towards uh, Hillside Avenue. Then it's going to be uh, um, uh, uh, Braddock Avenue, where I used to live when I lived in Bellrose. And that's uh, this. I live about five minutes from that. Okay, gotcha. So uh, Jamaica, yeah, Jamaica Avenue, Jericho Turnpike, and then the next one is Hampstead Avenue, uh, where. Um, Hampstead Turnpike, where the UBS arena is. Okay, got it. It's gonna come. It's gonna come up on you real quick. So, so make sure you do. You just, just so you stay alert and all right. And go slow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Make sure you stay in your lane because the lanes are narrow on the on the cross island. Oh, great! Now they I'm drive nervous. like a bunch of <laughs> yeah. They drive like a bunch of maniacs on that. Uh, oh God! Great. I've been up and down then, up and down the, the cross island parkway so many times. So many times. All right. Your Yankee bullet point there, Paul. Yeah. I mean, it's like we we played the silly game of Peppa, like in the 10th and 11th inning. This cheap ground ball that DJ LeMay, you hit with the bases loaded with the 5-2-3 double play. Mm -hmm. It's like as if he he asked him to just hit hit it back. Okay, let's break this uh, base loaded situation up. Yeah. 
I mean, no, I mean you, you couldn't, but you can't plan for that. Like that, that's an irregular right. situation there. I mean, come right, on. Right, right. And he had three hits in the game tonight, right? With DJ, yeah. DJ, All yeah, right, three, uh, three for five. And, and by the way, Aaron Judge batting second, zero for five. I mean, that's a that's oh, a big thing. God. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's, dude, yeah, they, they got to go with the electronic uh, strike zone. Absolutely, uh, I mean, the umpires are, are, are completely inconsistent. So Aaron Boone got thrown out of the game tonight, huh? Yep. Okay. Yeah. yeah, but he was right he, he, in doing the argument. Yeah. I mean, he yeah. was. He was yeah. right. Yeah, he's becoming like Billy Martin, which is great. <laughs> good, good for him. I'm glad. Yeah, yeah. his twenty <laughs> second, twenty two times in his managerial career, he's been ejected. Wow, Boom. wow, that's, yeah. that's almost Lou Pinello like. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> he didn't right? start kicking any dirt though. Maybe he should add that to the resume next time. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> throwing his gum at the umpire. Yeah, right. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot about the throwing of the gum. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, well, I would say it's yeah, it's good talk with you. You sound good. I hope you enjoy yourself uh, tomorrow night. Thanks, All Paul. Right, we'll you. talk on Wednesday. All right. Yeah, the throwing of the gum. I forgot about that. I mean, he's got to become a little bit more creative because what he's doing, it doesn't seem to be working. But you know what else isn't working? When your number two batter and your number three batter, Judge and Rizzo, combine tonight to go 0 for 8. 0 for 8 with two strikeouts and two walks, by the way. It doesn't cut it for me. That's not going to cut it in a game against the Red Sox. Uh, Bill in Garden City, you're up on the fan. Hey, how are you tonight? I'm good. How are you? First of all, cross island 26B and look for parking lot 5. Okay. That's how you'll get there. Okay, 26B. Understood. Easy exit, and then you go to look for parking lot 5. Okay. You're, I, if they have you on parking, that's where you would go anyway. Yeah, they said something about a blue lot. I don't know where that is. Yeah, that's blue lot. So you have to take that. That's why that's going through gate 5. Okay. Go to the blue lot, and then you'll have to take a shuttle back because the blue lot is actually at Belmont. Oh, God crazy. Oh. Yeah, leave it time. Like, add 20 minutes to just get into the building. Okay, I will. Thank but you. The thing I want to ask is, you're smart, and, and, and you understand sports. You, this is what you do for a living. Is, what's the hardest thing to do in sports? <laughs> Hit a round ball with a round bat. Hit a baseball. Right. Exactly. And the thing is, you know, I, I understand people call and, and everybody has different topics and why they didn't play well. But, you know, talking about the launch angles and all the other stuff, I mean, people have never picked up a bat. How the hell do they know? Well, you know, what Gallo's going through and Hicks, and I'm not defending them by any means. I see every game, and I'm just as aggravated as everyone else with them. But, you know, at some point, they've done something right to get to where they are and to be making the money they're making. But, you know, that this game is so humbling. I have a son who plays college ball, and you'll go 11 for 20 one week, and 0 for 19 the next week. It's just the, the law of averages of the game. Yeah. I look at Judge. He's what, batting 178 for the month of July since the end of June. I, I, I just, I, I think really, you know, you, you, the Herman Munster reference earlier, it really is Freaky Friday. You really got you know, caught up with a, uh, a fun crowd tonight. <laughs> I, I just, I, I'm baffled. I'm baffled how... <laughs> people are experts on the game. And and it's funny because, you know, my son's in his third year of college. He's uh-huh. playing D1. And he said, Dad, I can't listen to this. What do these people know? Yeah. If it's Paul Neal, if it's Carl Spelzer, if it's one of you guys, whether it's you or, or, or Gio or, or Carton, people who, like, 
study the game and around it. Evan Roberts, who goes to every game, he said he would respect that more. But I just, I, I'm, I'm just, I, I'm really blown away by like what people think and how easy they think it is. And you know, if you don't feel for as a human being for somebody like Gallo or Hicks, then you know what? You're really not a true fan. I, listen, I, listen, they've been terrible. But you know what? It's 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 just a humble, humble game. Yep. Very humbling. You make in the Hall of Fame hitting three hundred. That's, That's right. three times out of ten you hit the ball. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's tough. And and, and Ben Attendee, that's a great pickup. But there's nobody else out there. there well, there's two other guys that Hap Reynolds who's who's actually hurt on the IL right now. those guys for me, as as studying all the charts that, that I've studied, they don't cut it for me. They really don't. Ben Intendi's the guy. Yeah. You know, because he could do so much, and he's versatile. He could play everywhere. He hasn't made an error this entire season so far. He's the guy. I mean, defensively, you want to say he, you know, try to say that he's a, a and, and Bill, thanks for the call. Ben Intendi, you know, you're going to say, oh, Joey Gallo, he's got the golden glove. You know, he's, he's elite defensively. And Boone said that. He is. Joey Gallo is elite defensively. Yet he's got an error this season, and Andrew Ben Intendi has not won in more attempts than Joey Gallo in left field. I mean, that's the answer. It's so freaking obvious that that is the answer. Like, it's hitting the Yankees in the face. Get it done now. Don't wait to the deadline. Get it done now. And uh, just so we're all clear, Aaron Judge, uh, the batting average for the, for the month of July, 225. Not quite one or something, but it is, it's 225. Uh, only two home runs so far in the month of July. So, um that's that. Uh, and by the way, Brian Reynolds is on the IL as of four days ago with an oblique strain. And obliques are um, finicky. That's a good word. The obliques are finicky. You never know about them. You never know. Uh, you know, is it is it a little tweak? Is it a long tweak? How, you know, it, you don't know. Okay, so Pete Alonso, he's looking to be the first player. In Major League Baseball history to win the Home Run Derby three times in a row. Can he do it? Will he do it? And where are you placing your money, if that's what you do? I'm Daniel McCartan. Call me at 877-337-6666. And let's get after it here on The Fan. Y'all know me. Still say Moji. Been low-key. Hated on. Oh, my God. This is my jam. Oh my God, when the Eminem part comes in. Nowadays, everybody want to talk when they got something to say. When it comes out, when they move their lips. Oh my God, I know every single word. I love that song. Brian, great choice. I love that song. The field is set for the home run derby. And Pete Alonso is the only representative for our red hot baseball teams here in this town. I know the Yankees lost, but they are still the owners of the best record in baseball. And so Pete Alonso is. Uh, is the only representative for New York baseball in the Home Run Derby. And there was talk, maybe Giancarlo Stanton was going to do it. Marley Rivera said that she tried convincing him. Um, but uh, he, he ultimately said no. And I, you know, I'm a little disappointed that Giancarlo Stanton's not doing it this year. One, because it is a hometown competition for him. And, and two, because a lot of guys struggle with their, you know, their swing and their approach at the plate at the games after the Home Run Derby. Stanton is not one of them. So it would not affect him adversely to participate. So, I, you know, I'm wondering why he chose not to. 
And, you know, no disrespect to Corey Seager or anything, but, you know, he just doesn't have the star power that any of these guys have on this list. And I'm a little disappointed. I mean, Stanton would have brought major star power, superstar power even, to the competition. So Stanton is out, but Alonzo is in. New York has Pete Alonzo to root for. Uh, and again, like I said just before the break, he's gonna he's trying to be the first player in MLB history to win the home run derby three times in a row. And of course, that's three times over four years because in 2020 there was no derby. So with that said, how about the disrespect about being seated number two to Kyle Schwarber? Oofa. So I looked at, you know, the odds came out earlier Friday, I guess, Friday afternoon. Um, what do they think? Well, the odds makers seem to favor Pete Alonso to, still. He is still the favorite. Last I saw it was at a plus 185. Not great money there. Uh, you know, I don't love it, the money on him, so I probably won't I probably won't make that bet. And I hope he wins, and I, and I think he might. But for me, the value... I put my $5, again, I don't do a lot, my, my $5, kind of looked at the field, Juan Soto, plus 650 I think that was a pretty good bet. I'm looking again at this list here. I mean, it really, it's a field of seven. Pujols is not winning this competition. So, you know, if you've never bet on this before, it's really, it's a field of seven, not a field of eight. Because Pujols is not going to make it past the first round. You know, so you like your chances, you think, right? So, I, ultimately, I picked Juan Soto to win, although I, I would love to see Pete Alonso be the first guy, first player uh, ever to win three in a row. That'd be nice. It'd be great. But it'll also be great if I win some money. So, Juan Soto it is. All right, to the phones we go for the last time tonight before Brian Rescona takes over the mic and talks to you until daybreak. You want to hear me rap some more Eminem? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, 877-337-6666. Is the phone number to call? Sparky and Dobbs Ferry. You're up on the fan. Go ahead. First of all, Coach, welcome back. Thank you very much. And uh, we'll have a good time the rest of the weekend. That sounds like a lot of fun. Oh, my God. I cannot wait. This is like the dream weekend. I'm here on the fan. I'm at UFC tomorrow. I'm at the Yankee game on, on Sunday. It's going to be fantastic. I mean, heck, you work hard as a school teacher. You deserve it. Yeah, thank you. Okay, awesome. now. One thing when it comes to the Yankees and making trades, I think what hurts them a lot is they they do overrate the ability of their prospects. Because not for nothing, as much as we hear the name Volpe and 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 Dominguez and, and a few others, are any of these guys even close to coming to the major leagues? Uh, they have Volpe pegged for 2023, I believe. I'll check that for, I'll, I'll check that up right now to be very sure. Okay. Uh, I'm looking at MLB pipeline, top 100 prospects. Uh, let's go by team. Get there in one second. Yankees. Okay. Volpe. Yeah. 2023 is his ETA. Oswald Peraza's 2022, which okay. I would love to see that. They say Jason Dominguez, 2024. In Austin Wells, twenty twenty three. Not that that matters. So, Volpe, twenty twenty three. Because if anybody really is ready, bring him up and give him a shot. Give him a spark before the trade deadline. You never know. Yeah, you do never okay. know. Mm-hmm. And the thing is with Ben and Tandy, that's a guy that I would be inclined to give up just about anybody for in the minor leagues because the one thing that he is, he's 
a major part of the solution to the Yankees' postseason problem. He is, Sparky, but the one thing is, this is the last year, is his walk year in his contract, so there's nothing beyond this year for him. He's a rental in every sense of the word. Unless the Yankees try to work something out where they could sign him, that'd be great, because he is the long-term solution, I think, in left field. I mean, because you look, I mean, because if you look, just look at the last five years, how many times they've come up short because they can't get big hits. I wouldn't even be thinking about next year because we have too many next years because we don't hit in the playoffs. Yep. Okay. And now my last thing is about Jacob deGrom. I think the Mets have to be very careful about him. Okay. Because think about it. Coach, he's missed the last five and a half months of live baseball games. He throws 42 pitches the other day. How could he be remotely close to being ready to pitch in a major league game with his injury history? You know, I did see something. I forget what show and who said it. I really do. But they said, well, well, what's the point? Of having him pitch 42 pitch, he, he looks good, he, he he feels fine, why not stretch him out at the major league level? And I kind of thought about that, and I was like, yeah, why is he wasting all these pitches at the, at the, at the minor league level? Let's bring him up, G- give him 50 pitches. Why, why not? If he feels fine, which he says he does, I don't get why well, not. You know what? I question him because, you know what? If he knew his body so well as he acts like he does, maybe he wouldn't miss as much time as he misses. Mm. Because, I mean, really, the nature of his abilities, he's not a guy that you want to say, oh, throw 50 pitches, what's that, four, maybe five innings if you get very lucky. You know, they need this guy where he could come back and pitch six innings right off the bat. Well, okay? he's, he's not going to be able to do that. No way. No chance. I mean, what? I mean, to me, if he got maybe – Let's say two or three more starts in the minors. Comes back. It's the first week of August. You got seven. You got close to eight weeks of baseball left. Mm-hmm. Where this guy could give them more more innings. Because I think they're trying to rush him too soon. Uh, you know, and I'm wondering. There's part of me that also wonders, and I do think it's too soon to do this. But how about? starting a game in the Yankee series, the, the Subway series, which will be played on the Subway trains, according to that, one of the callers earlier, on the actual Subway trains. Imagine DeGrom making his comeback in a game like that. Uh, I don't think it'll happen. But I do think it'll happen shortly thereafter. It's not going to be six innings. They'll be you lucky to get four or five would, out of them. I would, I would push it back just a little because, let's face it, as much as I love the Yanks, I'd be more afraid of playing the Mets in the World Series besides playing the Astros, of course. Okay? Yeah, because the it, Yankees can't hit great pitching. It's still the same they, narrative. And the, and the Mets have, with DeGrom and Scherzer, the best one-two punch in the game. Because I'll tell you what, they'll beat, they'll beat the Dodgers if both of those guys are healthy. Yeah, and they, the Mets already took the, would they take the series or they split the series with the Dodgers at yeah, two out of four know, without DeGrom. You know, you figure, Coach, they got seven games, and those guys each go twice. You, you're going to have a hard time beating them. I mean, I mean, it's, and let's face it, as much as I love the Yankees, in many ways, they got what I call a town bully offense. They hit lousy pitches, but anybody that's really good, they look like they're lost. Yeah. 
And, and it also seems to me, too, that that the, their runs, and I looked specifically at the Astros series, because everybody thinks that the Yankees are going to run right through the Astros, right, to, to get to the World Series. And when you look at the Astros and what they did against them, you know, you could say, oh, well, the Yankees scored the— my tile's going off. The Yankees scored 15 runs to the Astros, 17. But yeah, but no. In, in one of the games so far this year, they scored seven. In another game so far this year, they scored six. And there was a bunch of nothing in between those two. So it's it's I mean, like, coach, like a, I mean, you're right. You like, know, as a coach, wouldn't you say that the Yankees might be psyched out against the Astros? I don't know if it's, I mean, it could be that. I, I don't know if it's that. I, I just, I don't know. I, I can't explain. I can't. Put myself I mean, in there. I, I don't mean, know. Look when they play them at the stadium, they get no hit. And then the next game, it's yep. like almost round two. I know. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I think it's a good point. Um, but again, and Sparky, thanks for the call. I always appreciate it. Um, yeah, you have a great night. You coach. too. Thank okay. you. Bye. I always think about. Um, you know, every one caller last week was like, "Well, you're too negative on the Yankees." Sorry, that's my tile turning off. I lose my keys all the time. Once I lost my keys in, um, I was in high school and I drove home after a softball game and I could not find. No, it wasn't my keys. It was my cell phone, my little Nokia phone with the, you know, the snake game on it. I couldn't find it anywhere for a whole day. I couldn't find my cell phone. You know where it was? <laughs> well, when I was walking into the house, I had my hands full, so I put my phone in my cleat. I have such big feet that that I, my my phone was lost in my cleat for a whole night. Battery was still fine for the next day. Those Nokia phones were bricks, but um, but what, what I was thinking of and what I always think of is no, I'm not negative on the Yankees. I I, I have the mentality where okay, the Yankees are are have the best record in baseball now. That doesn't mean anything in the postseason. So what does it take to get the Yankees to bring them where they are to where they want to be, which is hoisting the the World Series trophy? What tweaks need to be made? I look at it from an analytical standpoint where you say, okay, here's what you have, and here's the end goal. What do you need to get to the end goal? And for me, it's it's more of a production at at left field because they're not getting it, whether it's Hicks and or Gallo. The answer there, solution, Benintendi. Not Hap, not Reynolds, Benintendi. Okay, you look at the starting pitching rotation for the Yankees. I have really serious question marks about innings limits on these guys. I mean, for example, the most egregious example being uh, Nestor Cortez has never pitched this many innings already. Now, on Saturday the 16th of July, this is the most innings he's ever pitched in a single season. It's something like a 92 or 93 I think he's at right now. Prior to that, it was 88 or something like that, 87. 88, I think it is. So, like, I've got some serious questions, everybody, moving forward about this Yankees starting pitching rotation. Can it stay together? Can they stay, you know, non-injured, off the IL? First domino to fall, Severino. And I don't think that's a serious injury. It's a muscle injury. It's not a ligament. It's none of that. But even still, Severino, 15-day IL. So, I think... The Yankees should absolutely, again, to get to where they want to be, which is winning a World Series, they need another starting pitching pitcher. And for me, for years, fans of the show know that for years, my answer to fix that was Luis Castillo. And now, lucky for everybody, since then, the, the price has gone down quite a little bit because he has less years of team control. So, yeah, th- they do need that. 
Oh, I just got a, look at that. I just got a DM back from, from Jason McCourty. 1.53 a.m. Uh, I, I DM'd him and I said, congrats on a fantastic career, Jason. Thanks for always being there for me in my sports media journey. Hope to see you soon. He wrote, thank you. Uh, as you know, Jason McCourty, he, he posted in like an eight-minute video, and I watched all of it, an eight-minute video on Instagram announcing his retirement from, from the NFL. And, and, you know, who cares, right? He was a Titan. He was a Patriot. He won a, a Super Bowl with the Patriots. But, you know, he's, he's a local guy. He's from Rutgers. So um, very grateful to, to what him and Devin have done uh, for me over the years. Devin didn't retire. But Jason did. So if you have eight minutes, it's it's pretty well put together. His kids narrate it. His wife narrates it. It's pretty good. So um, just mentioned this on air at WFAN. Uh, I'm live now. So there you go. So Jason McCourty re- announces his retirement, by the way, uh, from the NFL earlier today. Uh, but back to baseball. So I think um, – when you look at the Mets and what they need to, to get where they are, which is now owners of the fourth best uh, record in baseball, fourth best in the league, um, you look at what they need. I think the you know the, uh, there's two very obvious answers here too: relief pitching and a bigger bat and more production out of the catcher position. Okay, so my you know my mind goes to okay. I've been saying it for a while now. Wilson Contreras fits two of those descriptions. He upgrades your catcher's position immediately. And he's got the big bat. Maybe you could package him with David Robertson, who has World Series experience, if I'm not mistaken, with the New York Yankees. In New York. That's my solution for the Mets. And maybe I'll be back on Wednesday, so maybe we can maybe look Wednesday. Okay, if it's not Castillo, it'll be. If it's not Contreras, it'll be. Maybe we can do it like you know, plan B's for both Yankees and Mets on Wednesday. Um, and Pete Alonso in the home run derby, best of luck to him. I hope he can do it. Um, I hope I can win money at the same time. But, I, you know, if, if it's not Juan Soto, I hope it's Pete Alonso. Um, you know, just because that's, that's an awesome feat. And as I sit in here in the studio and I look up at a, at a jersey signed by Pete Alonso to to Craig and, and to Evan, that's, that's cool. It's pretty cool. And if we didn't learn anything and take away anything from this Yankee game tonight – it's that robot umps or electronic strike zones, if you will. They are so necessary. So and completely necessary. I mean, you know, a little bit of fun. A fun element is going to be eliminated from this game. Sure, you won't see Aaron, Aaron Boone. You know, he doesn't kick dirt or, or throw his hat on the ground and kick the hat around. No, he just he throws gum. Like he means it. <laughs> that fate, my favorite gum, by the way, that bubble yum, whatever it's called, bubble, double bubble. Oh, I love that gum. But, <laughs> um, but it's it's necessary. It's time. I mean, I know there's the human element of the game of baseball. I know, but everything evolves. You know, things evolve, and the next progression, the next natural progression for the game of baseball will be in a lot. It, it should be an electronic strike zone. No doubt about it. Um, if, if we learn nothing from the Yankee game, other than the fact that they can't hit with runners in scoring position, two for 15 tonight, but hey. All right, so thanks to all the callers. Could not have done this without you tonight on this short show. I love coming here and talking with you. If you missed any portion of today's show, you hit that Odyssey Rewind feature and select the start of my show after this extra inning Yankee game. It was 12 a.m. Thanks to Brian McCann behind the glass tonight. Pete McCarthy on the updates. See you Wednesday night. 
And you've got me for five hours Wednesday night, 7 p.m. to 12 a.m. In the meantime, social media at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N, Twitter and Instagram, and Facebook.com slash Coach McCartan. We'll keep the conversation going there. Brian Rascona is here to my left here.